You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. some Premier League action to look forward to this weekend. Here is a look at the fixtures on tap on Saturday. Arsenal will host Crystal Palace at 7.30 a.m. Eastern on USA and Brentford will take on Nottingham Forest at 12.30 on NBC. Then on Sunday morning, Sheffield United will face West Ham and Bournemouth host Liverpool 11.30 a.m. Eastern on USA. And for more on the weekend ahead, we are absolutely delighted to welcome back our good friend Jeff Shreves, fresh from your California adventure. Number one, it was so lovely to meet you in person. You are an absolute delight. You're even better than I imagined you would be in real life. Um, but have you have you recovered from, from all of your, your antics on the West Coast? I haven't recovered from Charlie blanking me for dinner, but I'll get over that. <laughs> no, totally. It was great to see uh, you and Charlie out there. I really, really enjoyed it. They gave me a real taste of, if you like, um, I always knew how big soccer is in America, but just the sheer scale of it absolutely blew me away. And everywhere you went, uh, people were talking about the growth of the game and also the knowledge. I mean, I know that from being fortunate to be part of this show, but the sheer knowledge of football on a global scale as well is absolutely incredible. And of course, how can you not enjoy time in LA, particularly when you're leaving England, which is more like Siberia at this time of year. <laughs> so a little bit of sunshine was welcome too. Yeah, no kidding. It is. It's very cold in Connecticut, and uh, I'm I'm California dreaming right now as well. <laughs> Wish we were back there. Alas, here we are, and we're going to chat some some Premier League action this weekend. One of the the big storylines heading into the weekend, Jeff, is the return of Ivan Tony to Brentford after uh, basically an eight month absence for being suspended for for betting on matches. Um, Brentford are sitting in 16th place. Right now, they're a team that has struggled to score goals. Ivan Tony is a guy that scored 20 goals for them last season. Um, but it, it's, it's a bit of an interesting one. Do you see this as a, a welcome return for him back into that squad? Oh, Susanna, I think this is an absolutely fascinating story right now. Um, taking it into different pay, parts, rather. First of all, they need him. They've lost five out of the last six. They are really not playing well. They've got injuries elsewhere and they're not scoring goals. Now, Ivan Tony gave an interview and I thought it was 
I thought it was quite, it said something that he did his interview the day after his ban ended. He couldn't wait to get back in front of the cameras. And to be honest with you, he came across as like a kid on Christmas Eve. He cannot wait to get started. And when he was asked the question, do you think you can pick up where you left off? He said without any reservation whatsoever, he said, no, I intend to be better. I think he's had time away from the game. He's had time to reflect. He's trained hard. He's, I don't know if you know this, he spent time out in uh, Nashville training there with Alan Russell, the dedicated strikers coach as well, going through everything, every facet of his game, looking to improve, looking to be the best. He said, look, I want to be England's number nine. He said, I'm respectful of Harry Kane, who's one of the best strikers in the world. That is where I want to get to. Now, that in turn, of course, leads to the question, will he be sold? Will he leave in the January transfer window. Now, he was very, very clear, once again, the support he's had from the fans, from his family, but in particular from Brentford as a club and from Thomas Frank as a manager, he said, is really what got him through all this. They've been absolutely fantastic. And he will do everything he can to help the club. Will he move this January? He said, I don't know. You can't predict when a move might come along, but I've never made any secret that I want to go to a club that is challenging for titles and for trophies. Honestly, right now, it's like Brentford have got a brand new signing. He is he is not only oven fresh and ready to go, he's raring to go. Jeff, given all the absences of Nottingham Forest and that Thomas Frank gave Ivan Tony the captain's armband for this match, do you, don't you feel like it's set up for him to score on his season debut? Oh, massively, Charlie. I mean, how would you have felt if that was you as a player? I mean, you know what it's like to have difficult injuries. But you imagine you're coming back into the game and not only are you showered with love from your fans and from your club and your manager, but your manager says, right, OK, let's take the mystery out of this because, you know, in soccer, they don't announce lineups before the, the, you know, the start of the day. Well, they keep it a, a closely guarded secret. Thomas Frank said, you know, in his press conference yesterday, he said, well, I'll tell you now, not only is he starting, he's captain. What what sort of boost would that give you if you were that player coming back? Now, oh. Charlie, imagine you were a good striker. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm, running, I'm, running, I'm running through a wall for the club, for, for my teammates, for the supporters. I think it's smart, too, by Thomas Frank, just in terms of the psychology, making sure that he's committed and that he feels that love, that appreciation. It's, it's smart. Yeah. Jeff, I want to... 100%. I'm, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, also as well, addressing the, whether or not there have been any moves for him, Thomas Frank said there have been no offers hmm. so far. Now, I don't think that's a reflection of how good Ivan Tony is. It's more a reflection of the PSR, the fact that the, the profit and sustainability rules that... Um, Clubs maybe don't have the headroom to manoeuvre right now or they've got to sell a player. The market is fairly stagnant. We might see some movement towards the end of it, but right now there's not many players moving. And if they don't get an offer that's acceptable this January and he goes on to do well, then it will only increase his value come the summer. So it's a win-win situation all round. And more importantly, it's really good to see a player of his quality of his character, of his big personality. It's just good to see him back. Jeff, that was actually the question I was going to bring up, is, is his, the, the market itself for a player like Ivan Tony. obviously there's going to be you know, the English uh, discount, if you will, that he's going to get, obviously get, garner a lot more. But is he a $100 million player? And do you think that's 
the player that we're going to see coming up. I'm expecting that it'll take a little bit of a while for him to sort of get back up to the form he was in. But do you think he will get back to that? And do you think that he will prove to be the 100 million pound player? Because they absolutely need him, especially if Everton gets any of those points back from their deduction. They're now really touching that, that uh, relegation line. Well, to be with you, Alexis, it, having studied his programme that he followed whilst he was out, he, he's, he's well rested physically and mentally, but he's been playing in under-21 games, under-23 games, B-team games, lots of things behind closed doors. Of course, that doesn't compare completely, completely with a Premier League game, but he has put the hard yards in. I expect him to be in tip-top condition, and I would not be overly surprised if he finished the full game, the full 90 minutes, well, as it is now, 100 minutes plus. Uh, I think he will be as good as he was. And I think he's he's kind of had a, a reset, if you like. I think this actually will do... Obviously, he, re, he regrets what happened and having to sit out and having to miss football. But I think this little moment in his career could actually be the launch pad for him to go on to become an even better player. As daft as that may sound, nobody would have wanted this, nobody whatsoever. But I think it might actually do him some good. A kind of moment to step back, take stock and go again. And is he a £100 million player? He scores goals. And those are the rarest things. You know, we've seen holding midfield players going for 100, 105 millions. If that's the going rate for holding midfield player, then surely a player of Tony's quality, he's got to be in that bracket. The only question mark is the length of contract he has left at Brentford. So that may bring the price down, but there will not be a shortage of takers. And as you know, Alexis, Chelsea and Arsenal are the teams who are linked with him uh, the most commonly. Chelsea broke the market by offering 100 million plus for holding midfielders. Mm-hmm. Just madness, mm-hmm. absolute mm-hmm. Madness. madness. I, I don't, I, Nico, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. Um, I know they play an important part in the game. Uh, well, you look at that, okay, and and you look at where Liverpool, 50 million for McAllister. Now I know he's not identical to the likes of Declan Rice. They can do a similar job at half the price. So I'm sorry. I, for me personally, I think they were excessive fees. Yeah, I mean, and not, not only that, but Enzo Fernandez and Moisés Caicedo, who are absolutely ballers, they're very good, but they're not going to win you games. You've got to pay that type of money. Well, whatever. We could talk about Todd Boldy's uh, pricing <laughs> another time. Um, let, let's change the subject because there is also a big game for, for Liverpool. We mentioned it in, a, in the previous segment. Bournemouth, who has been sneaky this season. They sit 12th in the Prem, but now they've got a really big test against the top dogs. Did you just say sneaky? Sneaky. Sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hang, hang on. Bournemouth against Liverpool. These are the top two rated sides on the last eight games in the Premier League. They've been not sneaky. They've been absolutely fantastic. Don't yeah. forget they beat Liverpool last time out. But let's just have a look at that. They haven't beaten any of the top six so far this season. So this will be tough for Bournemouth. This will be a real test. But... As we know, no Mo Salah. By the way, Susanna, did you see those pictures? I hope your delicate Liverpool heart was slightly lifted by the shots of Mo Salah leaving the stadium. He seemed to be walking freely, unaided, no problem at all. But back to Bournemouth. I love you for that. (laughs) They are the form team right now. And in Dominic Solanke, they have a player who can't stop scoring goals. 
So, look, it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. And let's not forget also, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who will be missing, he brings an awful lot of creativity to this Liverpool team. So Liverpool will be tested. But they've got a big squad. And I think, I know what you were saying, Nico, about Bournemouth being sneaky. What I think actually has gone under the radar a little more. Jurgen Klopp, we think of him, this big character, this big personality. He's in charge of this huge club with fantastic resources. If you look back at their most recent games, look how many astute substitutions or positional changes he's made within the games. I'm not sure he gets the credit. Look at the Arsenal game in the FA Cup. They were battered in the first half. It was only Arsenal's lack of finishing power meant that they weren't behind. But he changed things around and he made substitutions that affect the game. And I think Jurgen Klopp is such a good coach. He can cope with pretty much any absentee and he's got the squad to help him do that. So... I think this is. I think Bournemouth will be absolutely up for it. I also would not doubt for one second that Liverpool will bring something different. I think it will be a real chess-like game. So you've got two coaches here who think deeply about the game. It's going to be a good one to watch. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to ask you a question about a team who sits uh, seven points away from uh, potentially being, or actually they're last. They're one step out of the National Football League. Uh, I'm going to ask you about Forest Green Rovers. Um, Troy Deeney was, uh, was hired there, his first coaching job. Uh, six matches later, he is no longer employed. <laughs> and in that time, mm-hmm. we have gotten nothing but absolute media gold. Um, he said some wild things. He said some wild things about his players in postgame um, uh, conferences. What are your thoughts on, on the firing, and did you see this coming? <laughs> well, the reason that he is no longer the manager of Forest Green Rovers, is very simple. Six games, no wins. Now, the headlines about his outspoken comments, calling his players babies, chastising them in public, throwing them under the bus, if you like. Trust me, Alexis, if he'd won all six games, he could have said a whole lot worse and it wouldn't cause a problem. It's always the same. This is a results-driven business. So, first and foremost, the problem are the results. Then, after that, comes his methodology, which clearly wasn't working. Now, quite a few ex-players found it refreshing that he was calling out his team. But I think, without knowing the full story, for him to go as strong as he did, and he really did go a lot stronger in public than virtually any other coach or manager has done, he would have had to have had the backing of the club owner. He would have had to have had his backing. If he said to him, look, I'm going to go. I'm going to go public. I'm fed up with this. I think these players are shortchanging you. I think it's wrong. We need to call them out. And if the owner had said, OK, I'll back you. I'm with you all the way. Whether or not that conversation took place, I don't know. But if it was over in a flash, albeit a very eventful, a very loud and a very finger-pointing flash at that. Yeah, some wild quotes from wild. this man. I thought, they, I thought it was AI at first. I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> it's, it's too harsh. Even if you want to expose your players, or not even expose, call them out. But the, the days it's, of, it's of... too harsh. Yeah, the, it's too the days harsh. of managers calling out players like that and chastising them are long gone. If, if you have well, those on, conversations, guys, Ch- it's Charlie. Like per, in, in the locker room, behind closed doors, you can have at it. Not even but, with the other teammates. Some of the stuff he said is like, but, but send to, it to in a do text. It to, in the media, it's... <laughs> 
Charlie, Charlie, yeah. imagine, right, if, 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 have you ever seen when a squad isn't doing well, have you ever seen the squad get sacked when results are bad? I've never seen it. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. never. Good point, squad, squad, squad stays, squad stays. They're not going anywhere. They're on long contracts. And so they're all, you're always going to pay the price. And you cannot say that I've done a thousand interviews and afterwards the manager will say to me in private, you know, I couldn't say what I really think <laughs> because, you know, the, the way it affects the, the morale of the team and also sometimes a player who the manager really would love to absolutely throttle but publicly puts an arm around the shoulder, says, ah, oh, he's so unlucky at the moment, in front of goal. It will come soon. He's a great guy. He tries really hard. In private, he's like, why did I sign this dud like this? <laughs> right. I mean, it's all, it's so all it's, about the it's, psychology. You, you know, it's if, if, you, hmm. if you bury a player, knowing that players can sometimes go to a new club, turn it around, or in, in some cases, turn around within that club, you, you are dead to them. It's alienating. Mm. It's burning bridges. You can't do that nowadays. Mm. Back in the old days, no social media. You could you could get away with that stuff. Now it is. It's long gone. It's a new generation. You can't. You cannot. It's a power. Like it's that. a power play, Charlie. Charlie. It's a power play, and it's it's interesting that you know we we've heard the rumours, well, a bit of grumblings coming out of Manchester United how some of the other players have not been impressed by the way that Eric Ten Hag has treated Jaden Sancho, for example. He sidelined him. Now, that again, that, that's that's a call a manager has to make. The manager has to maintain discipline in the squad, but at the same time, he's got to maintain harmony. And that's that is the really, really delicate balance. Honestly, we could talk about this for hours. I I remember one manager telling me he was doing a team talk, so this is a really important team talk for a game. He's gone in and the left back, he sat there and he's got headphones on. Manager said, uh, team talk, take your headphones off. He's gone like this, the player's gone like this, and just slightly lift it halfway. The manager told me, so I looked at him, and I thought, I actually want to punch his lights out. But quickly, he said, thankfully, I realised he's the only left back I've got. I need him. He said, I just had to swallow it. Jeez. Mm. Man. I'd break those headphones when yeah. we ran out of the <laughs> Alexis wouldn't last long. No, no. <laughs> me and Troy Deeney would start our own academy. <laughs> Alexis, Alexis would be the assistant manager that throws all the stuff and, and the co- player comes to me. Jason Tindall. I got it, I got yeah, it. Basically, yeah, yeah. you'd be like a, an, an extra unhinged. Oh, I'd 100% Tindall. try to take all the spotlight. Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh, yeah. uh, Jeff, uh, great, to, great to have you back on Morning Footy. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy all the football. Always a pleasure. See you, folks. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.